Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. It's the Christmas season, and we are continuing in our Christmas specials for the month of December. We really do hope you are enjoying this holiday season and taking time to reflect on who it is that God is to us that many years ago, over 2,000 years ago, God came and and dwelt among us, Uh, Emmanuel, God with us. And today we're actually going to talk about um, the gift of God's Son. We've been talking about the gifts of grace. That's been kind of our focus for this Christmas holiday season. And we're going to talk about the gift of God's Son. So it's only um, true that we would meditate on these things because this is what we think about at this time right. of the year exactly. is the coming of His Son. And um, so as we jump into that, I think one of the things that can happen during the holiday Christmas season is we can grow accustomed I don't want to say dull because we spend time, you know, singing his praises and hearing messages on it. But I think we can become accustomed to hearing about these things. And so I think hopefully today we can just renew. It's not going to be anything new you're going to hear, but we can renew um, your heart and encourage your heart to reflect upon um, the gift of God's Son, um, that Emmanuel came and dwelt among us. Yeah, I think um, we all know it's possible to get so involved in the stuff of Christmas we forget the Christ. Of Christmas. Absolutely. And absolutely. we say that a lot, but it doesn't hurt to say it again. Yeah, absolutely. So today <clears throat> we're going to talk about the Son. So let's just jump in. The first thing um, that we're looking at is we talk about this idea of the gift of grace, which would be His Son, is the nativity of His Son. Now, when you mentioned this, we were talking and <clears throat> preparing beforehand. I'm, I'm curious to where you're going with this because we didn't fully flesh it out. Uh, but the nativity of his son, uh, what does that have to do with the fact that we have the gift of God's son? Where does the nativity play into all of that? Well, of course, most of us, even culturally, the term nativity is not unusual. It's becoming less familiar in our culture. But there are certain but, things we conjure in our minds, the little figurines that sit on the we table. We talk about nativity scenes. Live nativities that happen in front of churches or sometimes hospitals have them up on top of their yeah. roof, whatever. you know, Those are the but, things that come to our mind. Nativity just has to do with birth. Mm. Um, I mean, the word native is in it, and so it, it it's, a, it's a native occurrence. It occurs in a natural situation, you know, and – it's possible. It's it is. I think we naturally and even uh, understandably and rightfully uh, are taken with the nativity of the Christ child. You know, it's right. a. It is a. So you think maybe sometimes it's a novelty. It is. Well, yeah. it is that, and it's it's interesting. And now it's interesting for reasons, and we'll talk about those more. But um, well, a lot of films have been made about it. I think there's another right. one coming out. I just saw a, a preview yeah. for one. I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's we we don't seem to ever tire of telling that story. Well, think about all the the carols mm-hmm. or songs or hymns that deal with the nativity itself. I mean, you could probably think of some. I mean, uh, old little town of Bethlehem. There you go. Away in a manger. Away in a manger. Um, yeah. Infant holy. Infant Silent lowly. Silent night. Yep. Old little town of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. What child is this? Yeah. So, Mary, um, did you know? Even a more modern one yeah, that we, yeah. we have so now. So, all yeah. of these express something of this uh, interest, this um, this captiveness we have with the nativity. But 
Um, well, if there's if there's interest, there's got to be something deeper here. Yeah, I want us to talk a little bit, maybe think a little bit about the mystery of it. The the uh, the nativity of Christ, uh, Jesus, our Lord, and we remember we remember we we need to remember that it is the nativity of Christ Jesus, our Lord. But it's something of an enigma, really. I mean, there's a uh, there's a mystery. Uh, uh, there's uh, our Savior is born in obscurity. Uh, that's something of a mystery, right. uh, you know. Uh, the Savior of mankind, the the one who came to deal with sin, um, is is born in a manure. Smelly stall. <laughs> you know, there's something. It's probably not as clean as our picturesque views of it, or even um, what I want to maybe our replication of it that we have. Yeah, they're all kind of sterile. How we've mm-hmm. um, almost monetized it, if you will. And the story kind of unfolds as a mystery. I mean, Joseph <clears throat> uh, is disturbed by a vision, a dream in which he is addressed by an angel. Mary visited. As well, the providential timing of it all, the census that that came just at the right time when Mary right. was about to be delivered, and um, I, I, there had to be something of a mystery to it to them, I would think. Oh, I, I don't think they're they're going to the nativity thinking about because she's great with child. I, I don't think they're going to the nativity thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be something that people talk about for two thousand years from now and make figurines about, you know? <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, I think there's some why. To that, right? You know, why did God do it this way? And we know some reasons, I think, but we don't know the whole story. We'll know some more of the story in eternity. So there's the mystery of it. There's something of a <clears throat> something of a a mystery to this story. But the, then there's the message of it, and that's what if we're not careful, we can get caught up in the mystery of it, the enigma. The well, I think that's where we stop. Yeah, that's that's where yeah. we, especially in the commercialization of it, or just in the interest of it, to be able to have it and think about it. Maybe even we read about it. Many people may, by tradition, read about it on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Right. I, I think that's where it stops. Well, we get caught up with a little baby in a manger right. and shepherds coming in and. And some of it becomes more, as you said, a novelty and even a a fun story instead of a neat story instead of something for more than that. So we need to talk about the message of it. One of the things that stands out to me is that God will move heaven and earth to um, accomplish his saving purpose. When you think about Hmm. uh, all the surrounding aspects of this, and we'll talk some more about those in a moment as we move into other aspects of the gift of the sun, <clears throat> but um, uh, that God moved in his providence, Caesar Augustus, you know, right at the right time. Herod is involved in this. Right. There's the Magi. All these people are converging upon this event at different times from different places, even Joseph and Mary. And Joseph and Mary probably wouldn't normally have made a trek that time of the year or from their normal schedules to go to Bethlehem, but they did because they had to. <clears throat> All of this sort of converges. There's a um, um, we see the the um, the control, uh, the lack of control that humans have, and the control that God that God still rules over the affairs of mankind. There's almost a sense of God's providence also that's playing through this. Mm-hmm. The natural occurrences of things they just happen to be 
right. where this nativity was. It just happened to be a place, or I should say, where the stable was, but there was no room in the inn. All the things that we know, right. but these yeah. things just didn't happen. They happened in the providence and the natural occurrences of the things that God you know, did preordain, but laid out in those natural occurrences. Yeah, and certainly that's true of life, that God, you know, I don't want to, you know, make too much or put too much of an analogy into this, but a lot of the things we think are uh, that seem accidental, that seem, why did this happen, they're all part of God's providence. Yeah, they're purposeful, yeah. You know, the inability to find a parking place in the right place, the, the inability to get somewhere because traffic is backed up a mile. All these things are in the providence of God. Certainly, that same providence was working in the mystery and message of the nativity. You know, you think about the, the turmoil in the world. So I mean, this goes back to the message that we're talking about. But you think about the turmoil in the world, the conflict between Rome and, and the Jews, and um, it's not like anything that we don't already know in today's you know, culture and, and world. But I, I it, it does strike me as very powerful, the simplicity, simplicity of the nativity. That the, the message that's coming from that is this humility, this lowliness, <clears throat> this um, baby who can't, quote, do anything right, apart really? from his yeah. mother and his father is going to be the one who saves the world from their sins. Yeah. You know, for those of us who know Christ, that should grab a hold of us yeah. and should awaken in us a sense and desire for equal humility, you know, to, to, to be humble, to walk in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and to, to be gracious and kind and lowly in that uh, way. Because yeah. there's such power in that. Like, I mean, you think about it, there's a there's a powerful message there. We don't want to overuse the word power, but that's really what's coming out here. Yeah, a line from the poem that I like so much comes to mind. The maker of all things I think is, you quoted that last week, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the maker of all things is made of the earth. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's the nativity is an important aspect of Christmas for us. It right. isn't just cute. It isn't right. just neat. It's, it's an powerful. important aspect of the yeah. work of God. Okay, so we're talking about the nativity of the sun. So obviously the the elements, the surrounding elements in which he came. Okay, but then there's the names of who he is, the names of his son. What what significance did those have for us as well, his people? You know, I was named after my father, his first name. My second name was given to me uh, from <laughs> my great grandfather on my mother's side. You know, you were named after my brother. Right. He was born and only lived a day or two. Uh, the name of Jesus was decided not by his parents, but God and conveyed to the parents by an angel. Some, some interesting aspects of, of naming because, you know, there's even a book out called What's in a Name and, and helping people name their child. People, you know, some people give a lot of thought to naming their child, but, uh, uh, but Jesus has multiple names. He's designated in multiple ways, not just Jesus. Um, and I, it's it's interesting to see what the names of Jesus express. To me, they there's the expectation they express. So expectation meaning what we expect from him or what he will do? <clears throat> well, the, all of those names which were talked about in Isaiah, which in Isaiah 9-6 passage, for unto us the Son is born. A child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called. So there's an aspect of future expectation. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, 
wonderful counselor. There's some sense of wonder expected there, mighty God, power and authority, everlasting Father. Um, in the Old Testament, the term that was seldom, if ever, used of God is Father. And now we're introduced to this concept of fatherhood. Right. And his son coming. Yeah. Prince of Peace, certainly. Counselor, Almighty Father, Prince of Peace. All these things that we sing about and are familiar with. All of those evoke expectation. I mean, Messianicos, even that are non-Christian or non-Jewish, are still people are looking for someone who will bring peace, you know. Well, I I think that word – Messiah or messianic gets used as a as an adjective many times for just people in general. He right, carries with him a sense of you know almost messiah like attributes. People right. use that phrase, so there is a certain expectation from someone yep. that they're going to offer something. I remember Barack Obama being referred to as almost very messianic. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and, and obviously <clears throat> that's so sacrilege when you think about it, but. But the, the the idea there and the composite con, or concept there is that he's there's an expectation that something he's going to bring right. So and these names tend to evoke that just the name like uh, and he, his name should be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us, that was that was prophesied, and then it was um, that prophecy was restated in Matthew. But the whole concept of the presence of God in a, in a different way, the expectation of the presence of God, and then just the name Jesus, which is right. Yeshua, right. which means deliverer, savior. So this expectation of deliverance. Now, a lot of people in that day were expecting a different kind of deliverance. Yeah, they, they, they weren't, weren't expecting a spiritual deliverance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think they were they were thinking more political, right? Which, and military, yeah. I think we've touched on this in previous years. Was probably not unlike. Where we're at in our American culture, we 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 look for political deliverance. Right. We're not looking for spiritual we think, deliverance. We, we still think there's some man who will yeah. turn this thing around. Yeah, absolutely. And we keep getting disappointed. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> so so anyway, there there you see in all of those names, and people have done studies on the names of God and names right. of Christ. But think upon those throughout the, the time of, of Christmas time. And the expectation that God gives us in the person of His Son is also um, the excellencies they express. I don't think we f- stop and think about the excellencies of Christ. We, we majesty, mm. glory, deity, awe, splendor, power. Well, I think we overuse words. And I'm as guilty as anybody, but we overuse words that express greatness. Like, man, that was so awesome. Yeah. Eh. We said that about a meal. Or, we'll say it about a, a, a ice cream. We'll yeah, say it about like, man, that was, that was pretty awesome. That was, that, was some, that was some good steak. And you're like, eh. I mean, that was an awesome catch. It was good. Speaking of yeah. bringing football into here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been that season, so. But, yes, we do. We. So that they lose their meaning. I mean, when we think of God as awesome, producing awe, uh, and then the whole concept of holiness, the holy, that holy thing, that holy child which will be born from you, which will come from you, the angel says to Mary, shall be called the Son of God. Holiness. These aspects of the excellencies of Christ. We ought to, during this time, 
meditate upon the excellencies of Christ. Well, I know for myself, and and I can only speak for myself, but I think most of us are alike in that we tend to get really caught up in stress of of the period. Now, I often hear people say, "Ah, oh, I just, just oh, I just, you know, they just kind of start complaining. I just get so tired of all the busyness and all the commercialization." And, and I'm like, "Then why do it?" Right. Stop. Don't do it. Are you, do you feel some pressure? And I realize there's family pressure and stuff like that. But I think we sometimes just have to stop and realize why is it that we as believers, the world, again, they're doing what they do, but why is it that we as believers celebrate? Yeah. Why do we Why do we hold this holiday so dear? Is it just because of tradition? I love tradition as, as much as anyone. And, and anybody who knows me knows that I do a lot of tradition. Yeah. But why do we do this? And it is for the excellency of his name. Right. Yeah. With this, our motivation, the impetus of it all is the glory, the excellencies of the Son of God. Um, God, who in time past spoke to the fathers mm. by the prophets – as in these last days, spoken, spoken down. in a son, mm. his son. Yeah. So uh, the names of Christ, the names of Jesus, express some of that for us. So we talked about the nativity. We talked about the names. Finally, the nature of the son. What is, <clears throat> and then there's some things we just know off the top of our heads about Jesus himself, but what was his nature? The, you know, the, the early church <clears> – <throat> had to uh, – they struggled with this. When I say the early church, I mean after the first century. When you had the scriptures, the scriptures finally came together over a period of time. But the church was dealing with – certain people struggled with the whole concept of Christ being fully man, fully God. And that's what we want to talk about here in this, this segment. And But because in the first place, we, we see his full humanity. He was the son of man. Uh, there was not one sense in which – the babe was not human. He could have been killed. Mm. He could have uh, suffered from exposure, abandoned, like any child could be. He, yeah, he any was, numerous thoughts of evil could have happened. Yeah. So, so when we talk about the humanity, do you think maybe the world gets lost in just the human aspect of it. And, for instance, I think of a commercial that's coming on TV a lot where he's just like us. He gets, he gets us, us, the yeah. whole Jesus movement project, whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, he's he's more than just human. Yeah, and, and, and it's without, not he, just without that sin, he gets yeah. us. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that he We're just gets us. We're looking for somebody who gets us. Right. right. Um, but uh, not only as a babe there was he in every sense human, he was – there was not a one sense in which the Christ Jesus the man was not human. Mm. Um, he possessed the physical limitations of manhood, <clears throat> which brings us to the, his fulfillment of the Old Testament role of kinsman redeemer. That's what that kinsman redeemer in the Old Testament law was all about. The redeemer had not only the right to redeem but – he had to be a near kinsman in order to fulfill the role of the Redeemer, which is why Christ, as the hymn says, took on flesh and ransomed us. I love that. That's a good one to sing, uh, Come Behold a Wondrous Mystery. And 
during the Christmas time because it's so much about the incarnation and right. what that means. But see the true and better Adam come to save the hellbound man. Christ the great and true fulfillment of the law in him we stand. Um, come behold the wondrous mystery. We're back to mystery, aren't we? We um, we've started with mystery, and we're right. getting back there. And we talk about his full humanity. Now, some people tend to think, if they're not careful, if they that Christ was half man, half God, but he was not. He was fully man. And there's and, a distinction, and that distinction is very important. Yeah, and. It's not enough to say he was fully man. We have to say see his full deity. He was completely God as well. He was. There was no sense in which he was not God, Son of God. Let me ask this question as we kind of wrap and gear things down <clears throat> here. As we look at this idea of the nature of his Son, what does that mean for us this Christmas holiday season? As we celebrate, that should inform our thinking. What does that mean for us to to apply it daily? Like how how, what, 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 how do we get our hands around that? Because it's such a other than us thought, you know. Well, I, the first thought that comes to me when you ask that question or you bring that to the table is um, what Paul told the Corinthians when he said that um, uh, you, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have from God, and you're not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. We are temples and by the way, the temple, the word for temple had – there were two words in the Greek. One was the larger general word for the temple, right. even, in the, even the court of the Gentiles. Then there was a, the word for the inner sanctum, the holy of holies. That's what we are. That's what the church is, and that's what we are as individuals. We are a place where God dwells by the Holy Spirit. Christ dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. So we walk through every day – we get up every morning with Christ in us as the hope of glory. So, uh, and here we have this: we have deity. Uh, in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and as we're going to see here in a moment, I haven't gotten there yet. But uh, uh, He gives us of that fullness, and of His fullness have we all received and so, grace. So we're upon literally grace. celebrating the coming of that, the reality of that. Yes, the yeah. the ability to know that. Right. It's interesting, the Lord in Luke 135, the Holy Spirit, the angel says to Mary, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I think of John 1, 14, which John deals with the whole coming of Christ, the incarnation, differently. He doesn't deal with the nativity as much as he does the substance behind the nativity. And he says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. <clears throat> he is that he was and forever will be, yet becomes what he was not for you and for me. Uh, I think this is, these are the things, thoughts that ought to be constantly upon us. Not only at Christmas, but as we leave Christmas, which quickly, soon, it'll be gone. Right. You know, the fun and pageantry and all that of Christmas will be gone. But we take with us these Christmas truths, these incarnational truths, that 
He became what he was not for you and for me. He was always fully divine, hmm. but he will always be the Son of God and the Son of Man. Hmm. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels and clay pots that the excellency there's the word excellencies again of the power may be of God and not of us. Well, I, I think for myself this is good for lack of a better term, fodder. Good <laughs> good for meditation through these next few couple weeks as we lead up to Christmas. And obviously we have one more that we're gonna do in regards to one of these specials, but I think here is kind of the the crux of the matter of who we celebrate and who we embrace. Right, we have to bring that sort in. of a, a, a zenith yeah. in our next podcast. But yeah, Absolutely. I, I, this is Christmas is more than just a fun holiday. It is a celebration of some very real eternal truths. So we've talked about the gifts of God's Son, and we hope you've listened to the previous ones. In some ways, we're building and, and we'll culminate next week. Um, and we hope you will join us. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.